1: Welcome back to the Cutting Against the Grain podcast. My name is Laura Spath, and I am excited to be joined by my friend and co-host, Judy Cho. And uh, we are f- I feel like we're back in the full swing of things. It's the new year. I'm sitting upright in my desk for the first time. I'm like a whole new, new year, new me, new body. I feel like we're uh, in a new place. How's your new year going so far, Judy?
0: It's good. I feel like it's exciting. I know that there's a lot of things going on for 2023, so I just got back home to Austin. I've been in Los Angeles for most of the holiday. So it's, um, you know, just exciting to get back into this.
1: Yeah. I started the new year with my least favorite thing in all of life. And that's going to the dentist. (laughs) I, I, I seriously would have rather gone back to the day of my surgery and started over again or go through birth than have to go to the dentist. I have such dental trauma, um, which I now I still drive like 45 minutes to go to my dentist because it's by my old job, but only because, They've been dealing with me for 10 years and understand my anxiety and kind of know how to handle me. So, um, I, I, it's worth the drive for me to go there, but they also know they've seen me go through a lot of changes with diet weight. They've kind of been there through the whole process. I love my dentists, the people for that reason, even though I hate actually going there. Um, but I was kind of hobbling in and then we actually rescheduled this appointment because of my surgery and stuff. So they all kind of knew about it and they know all about the carnivore stuff, mainly because they used to see me previously with so many gum, teeth, dental issues, and then it's improved so much. And like your dentist is absolutely going to notice that your gum disease and your gum plaque and your, you know, I don't know if it was full on gingivitis, but just inflammation of the gums that I had has completely improved. And so Carnivore has come up with them several times. Um, But the woman who was cleaning my teeth this week, uh, who normally does, Kind of was like, oh, you know what? I've been hearing, I know you talked about, you know, keto or losing weight with like low carb carnivore stuff. And she's like, I've been seeing carnivore everywhere on YouTube lately. And she's like, I'm not watching these videos because they just look so crazy. All I see is all these people eating sticks of butter all the time. And I kind of just like had a mouthful of dental stuff. So I couldn't really respond to her and kind of just was like, Ooh, yeah. But um <laughs> it's interesting that the things that end up going out to the general public with carnivore. And we talked about, actually, we didn't ever talk about the liver king stuff simply because I was out on surgery. We texted about it and said like, Oh, it's too bad. We're not recording because we could have done a whole episode on a reaction to that. But it's interesting though, that the things that end up going mainstream are just these like very bizarre extremes. You know, the saladino thing with the fruit and the liver king stuff, and then everybody eating two sticks of butter a day. So like if you're looking up carnivore on YouTube, what you see is thumbnail after thumbnail after thumbnail of people just eating sticks of butter. And then kind of the mainstream, my dental hygienist, who's never watched a carnivore video before, just thinks that carnivore is people eating raw liver and sticks of butter. And it just like, where are the normal people? (laughs) I don't know. Like maybe I don't know, maybe I'm wrong. I don't eat sticks of butter and I don't would not enjoy that and so it's not something that I've incorporated into my life and I know you and I have kind of talked about this on the side of like where is this trend going? How long is it going to last? What are going to be the the fallout repercussions from this? Um you, you know, I don't know. I want to talk with you more about this today and just kind of this extreme in general. Whenever something is sensationalized
0: and it's these beyond normal stories, they will always get picked up by the algorithms because people are just curious what people eat sticks of butter a day. That sounds crazy. And the truth is there are a subset of people in the carnivore community right now that are eating a stick, if not sticks of butter. And I think there are just some risks with that. I think it's good to eat higher fat. I am a fan of that. I don't think that you can do 80% fat long-term and we can talk through a lot of those things, but when so we think about it's World carnivore month so a lot of people are joining i get so many messages about i'm starting carnivore and so obviously right now the trend is either it's organ meats right so liver's back in i'm sure as much as there was negativity towards liver king there was also oh like you can start eating liver it's nutrient dense and um and then And then there's that side of well, everyone's also eating butter, so I guess that's a part of the carnivore diet. Is eating yeah, or all the carnivores,
1: yeah, all the carnivores that are eating fruit. So it's like it's like right. You have this whenever people are finding carnivore, it's the carnivores that are eating fruit, the carnivores that are eating sticks of butter, or the carnivores that are eating raw liver. Like that's how they're introed into this way of eating in the first place.
0: Right, and then the messaging of what we share of consistency matters. Eat what makes sense for you. What will allow you to stay consistent. What you enjoy it's not fun. It's kind of boring, right? It's not gonna be sensationalized to share that like eat the rainbow. It's, it it doesn't pick up, I guess, in that sense of the algorithm. Yeah. And it is unfortunate, because people that actually need this way of eating, will find it to be a joke, right of, um, I don't want to look like liver king, or I don't want to eat a pound of liver a day, or I don't or maybe I need to eat fruit to be able to do carnivore long-term, and then they never feel the benefits of eating an all-meat carnivore diet. And then now with this whole butter thing, and we can talk more details about the nuances of butter. Again, it's just if people are coming to this way of eating for weight loss, and then they start with a variety of meats, but then add a bunch of butter, they're likely not going to lose any weight.
1: That's my biggest concern is – You know, you and I talk a lot about nuance and context and that's our goal today. I'm not, I really am not trying to pick on any specific person who's doing this. It's because it's not one specific person. It is literally everywhere. (laughs) Um, And when you scroll through the Facebook groups and when you scroll through the social media platforms and YouTube, like this is the message that you're seeing, And so that's why I do feel like we have to bring a little context to it. And I'm not saying nobody can be benefited from this. I know the people that are sharing about it are sharing some, some of the people are sharing some scientific reasons. And I think, you know, you and I talk about the people that would benefit from a a really high fat are people who are coming from under eating. They're coming from being malnourished. They're coming from having very, very hormone issues where they've been living this like restricted diet mentality you know you've been like under eating for so long that increasing your fats to do this reverse diet method and like build your body back up and build your metabolism back up can be helpful um the long-term stuff I just don't get I think it's I, that's where I feel like there are going to be repercussions long term to be in such an extreme, whether it's extreme low fat or extreme high fat. I don't think either one of those things are meant to be done long-term. And then having nothing to do with nutrition, I personally just get so triggered by binge foods or replacement foods. And when I see people utilizing things like this for replacement purposes. This is why I'm not a fan of the carnivore cakes and the carnivore ice creams and the brown butter bites and the eating sticks of butter and the carnivore cheesecakes and like all the things that end up being replacement foods for our carb addiction foods. Right. We're, that means to me, like this is a totally different topic, but we're not actually fixing our relationship with food. We're just binging on something different. Um, and I think that's where we end up seeing things like we're seeing the same unhealthy habits. You're just using a better food option to have a terrible habit. Um, And I think that ends up causing people just as many issues long-term and they're not actually finding healing. They're just, and then they're gaining weight and they end up going off the rails completely and giving up on carnivore because it didn't work for you.
0: So I'm going to rewind a little bit and explain my understanding of why people are doing this high-fat butter. And it's not just with butter. I think some or a lot of the people are doing it with iodine. And I do agree with you that when people are jumping on the bandwagon and everyone's saying this is the way – I'm sure there are people that already are feeling the ramifications that it wasn't that good. And those people will not be outspoken because the general carnivore public right now is saying that it's a good thing, that eating all this fat is wonderful. And so to then say, just like I brought up liver and eating too much liver is not ideal, there's a risk, right, with going against the community and saying, actually, it didn't work for me we just need to fast forward time. And there will be enough data where I'm sure people are going to say, actually, that amount of butter is probably not that good for you. And you see these cyclical things, where some of the advocates that are going super high fat, they were part of this community at a very short bit. A few years ago, they were kind of Ushered out because their recommendations weren't sticking. Yeah. And now and they're,
1: now they're all back. Of a sudden, I know it's so wild. But anyway. The people that are being recommended in my comment sections like are were people that were being recommended three years ago and then were completely ostracized from right. the community because their methods weren't working and it made everybody sick and unhealthy. And then all of a sudden, in the last few weeks, my comment sections, people are like, You should check out this person, you should check out this person. They have great. I'm like, it is insane. It's the literal definition of insanity, right? Like right, right. doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result.
0: Yeah. And that's where I sort of blame the leaders or the people that are recommending these other advocates because assuming that's the reason why they're recommending them again, I have no idea. But I just think whenever people have a stance, they're going to find those same people to then mimic the same things or echo the same things. So then it's a stronger stance, then the community adopts it. And then once the community adopts it's hey, it's this is a true thing because there's 10 people that are on the same boat. So here's my understanding about this whole butter thing. Dr. Elizabeth Bright, I interviewed her almost two years ago. I'm friends with her and I have great respect for her. We talk occasionally because there are clients I recommend to her when they're having hypothyroid symptoms, Hashimoto's, et cetera. So we've had a clinical working relationship. But my understanding is so. I guess she went on a podcast or something and now she's always been a fan of high fat. Um, I don't think it was always butter, but I guess the butter part stuck because when she was on my channel, it wasn't about butter. It was just high fat. So whatever that means, whether it's egg yolks, whether it's lard, and I think eating a higher fat is ideal in certain circumstances. Some of them you mentioned earlier, but The big thing that I really love about her recommendations is the use of iodine. I've interviewed so many people at this point. If you were to go through my YouTube videos and just search iodine, you will see several videos on several advocates that talk about the importance of iodine. So I just cannot help but wonder the need for higher fat has come a little after people were doing lean days and PSMF and all these months and months and months of eating lean protein without a lot of fat. So it's come right after that. And then the need for thyroid or iodine is important for every single cell in your body. Your thyroid really needs it. You need it to produce more thyroid hormones, but you also need it for every single cellular function. Um, I interviewed a certain lady that had breast cancer. She believes that most people are getting breast cancer that's not genetic because you do not have enough iodine. So iodine is really important. But the marrying of butter and iodine is coming together. So how do we know that people aren't feeling better? Yes, because they were maybe deficient in fat from the lean protein days, but also that they actually needed iodine. And that's what's making them feel better. Iodine is slightly a stimulant. So a lot of people take iodine in the mornings, because if you take it in the evenings, you may not be able to sleep well. I just don't think butter is the answer that everyone is wishing and that it's the answer in terms of all of the healing. Yes, we need higher fat, more fat than like 30% fat that people were eating during the lean days. I'm just concerned because clinically, I'm seeing some of the ramifications with butter. And I was going to just talk about this in my book, but I'll share some of my, I guess my initial research into it. So all of a sudden, I'm having hypothyroid women or Hashimoto's All of a sudden, I'm seeing higher thyroid peroxidase antibodies, which is the TPOAB. Their markers are going up. And then also, I've been seeing higher triglycerides in the carnivore community. So we consider in the carnivore community, anything above 100 is a little bit excess. In the standard American diet, they consider it 150 and all of a sudden, I'm seeing women or um, some men too, but their triglycerides in 130s, 140s, and their glucose looks fine, their A1C looks fine. So the glucose is like 89, A1C is like 5.2. And so then when I ask them, the only thing they're doing differently is excess butter. And I just wonder, all the people that are eating this excess butter, are they even
1: checking these markers, right? So they feel better. Well, they're all checking their glucose, And then maybe they're A1C, but that's because they're all checking their glucose. And that's why this is being touted as such a good thing, right? Is because you and I have talked about when people are eating a moderate amount of protein or a decent amount of protein, your glucose might be a little higher. It might be in the 80s. It might be in the 90s. uh, And that's a very normal thing. And it's not a bad thing. Obviously, like you don't want your glucose to be 140, but if you're waking up in the morning and your, you know, blood sugar is 90, that's not, there's not necessarily a bad thing. There's other context to mention, but that doesn't mean it's high, right? And I think sometimes the low glucose, super high ketones is being touted as necessary for weight loss. And I've talked about this before on the podcast, but like high ketones don't equal weight loss. High ketones equal a lot of fat in your system or you're eating a lot, you have excess fat and that could mean you're burning fat or it could mean you're eating a lot of fat or it could mean you're like drinking ketones, obviously. So I think because of the high ketones and the low glucose, it's saying like, look, 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 I'm going to lose weight because um, I have high ketones and low glucose. And then their A1C might go down a little bit. Um, we see that in two different camps, people whose A1C starts creeping up when they're doing carnivore, they either start adding carbs back in, which is also side note, right? That's the other group of people are a bunch of carnivores that are now adding carbs in and that's gaining popularity. And then there's also the, um, A1C start creeping up. They drop that protein really low and then they start adding tons of fat and the A1C starts coming down again. And so those are kind of the two camps of people that are addressing it when in reality are we, well, What are we looking at in the first place? Like, is there a root cause issue with what's happening to begin with, I guess, you know?
0: Yeah. I I mean, I interviewed with Dr. Ben Beckman. I interviewed with Dr. Paul Mason. And both of them, when I asked them about the higher A1Cs, they said it's normal in the context of a carnivore diet your red blood cells may live longer. So the longevity of the blood sugar being longer in these red cells or red blood cells is normal. And so again, it's looking at everything in context, I understand where like Dr. Boz, right, she's a big fan of low glucose, higher ketones, then you'll lose weight. From a logical perspective, if your ketones are high, your glucose is low, then your insulin will naturally be low. And then when your insulin is low, you'll be less hungry, you'll probably eat less. But Weight loss is oftentimes, yes, there's a hormonal effect to weight loss, but a lot of it is just, there's a component of, are you consuming more calories than you need? Or are you under eating? And so it's not necessarily just these ketones, just because you have super high ketones, and low blood sugar does not mean you're going to be super thin. Like you said, you can you can take a couple swigs of MCT oil, which is really, really high in ketone bodies or the elements right. that will become ketone bodies. And your ketones will be high, you can take exogenous ketones, you could still be overweight and have that. So it's just, it's a marker that can be attributed to lower insulin. And then lower insulin can then mean possibly weight loss. But that's not one in the same with true weight loss. It's yeah, at the end of the day, it's the amount of calories you consume. And obviously, if all the mechanisms are working right in the body, but you will not be sufficient long term or satiated long term, if you're just eating sticks of butter without enough protein.
1: And that's where it's interesting. So I think people who are coming from a background of under eating, which I do think is a a lot of women in carnivore, right? A lot of women in carnivore are under eating, because they're so satiated and they can't eat a lot in one sitting. Uh, and I know, especially like the older that you get, the harder it is to eat a lot in one sitting. My mom, especially like when she tells me about what she ate for the day, she's like, Oh, I had a eight ounce hamburger patty for lunch with bacon and cheese on it. And then I had some cheese and pepperonis in the evenings and pork grinds. And I'm like, that's nothing. That's like 800 <laughs> calories for the day. So if initially she started eating a stick of butter a stick of butter has 810 calories in it, right? She's going to go from eating 800 calories a day to 1600 calories a day. So my guess is instantly her energy is going to increase. She might reset her metabolism. She might actually lose a little bit of weight at that point. So there are benefits and this can't, I'm not saying that can't be used, but what's happening is it's not because she's eating a stick of butter. It's because she is getting adequate amount of calories in. And now again, Over And it's also, I think you said it too, protein is a lot more filling for your body. I know fat is satiating, which is interesting, but there's also a lot of us who I could eat a stick of butter and then turn around and eat a whole pizza or like, I mean, a 12 ounce steak, like whatever that is. A stick of butter is not going to take up any space in my stomach. I'll probably poop my pants actually, if I ate a stick of butter. But I know a lot of people have this satiety signal that comes from fat. I don't, I hear that. Cause I don't experience that. It's both. Yeah. It's both for me. I need volume. I need protein in my system to feel full. And so if I'm super full from protein, but I've still under eaten from the day, then yeah. Adding a little extra fat to my butter on my steaks, adding some, you know, extra little fat here and there, adding an egg yolk instead of bunch of whites, like those things can be helpful for me to ensure that I'm getting an adequate amount of calories. It's why I do think people initially feel great when they're eating a stick of butter, because instantly their body is getting an adequate amount of calories and energy. And that is helpful. And I think it can kind of reset some of those things. Um, But I I think it almost just triggers this binge mentality. And then I think over time, people are still not getting enough protein. And that's another concern that I have. The stick of butter, I
0: never thought of it from a caloric sufficiency, and that's why people are starting to feel better, because that actually makes sense. I thought it was more of the iodine, but maybe not everyone's doing the iodine, or they're just not bringing it up because it's not as popular. The part that concerns me with the butter, and I'm a fan of butter. There's, I do not have an issue with butter. Yeah, but I eat it every just, day. Right, and I... Once I started seeing some of my clients that said, oh, um, the only thing I've changed is butter and the amount of butter, we're starting to see issues in my practice. And and then tying it with the, the blood work, I just started looking up some things. And there are nutritional differences. I mean, I could run through some of them. For example, butter does have a little bit more protein than tallow. Um, butter has more vitamin A. Butter has more minerals than tallow. And then um, tallow has some of these other fats that are probably better than butter for example it has stearic acid and um, both of them have the conjugated lin- linoleic acid which is good for fat loss and immune system so there's all these small nuances and then I did the same thing with pork fat but the bigger concern I had when I was trying to figure out why are my clients why is their triglycerides going up why are some of the antibodies going up and so obviously with antibodies it's that they're just sensitive to probably milk or dairy. So and so it's causing a autoimmune reaction to some of these um, hypothyroid Hashimoto's clients. So for that part, I understood, but I didn't understand the triglycerides part. And this is a part I'm still researching. So I don't have a definitive logical reason. But one thing I found so far is that butter um, of all the dairies butter is missing something called the milk fat globulin membrane. So all dairies have it and it's supposed to it's basically composed of lipids, proteins, and it surrounds the milk fat But when you process butter into making it butter, um, it removes that one membrane. And one of the things this membrane does is it helps with brain structure uh, and its function, uh, gut function, intestinal development, and immune disease. There are studies that they show where they take this MFGM or the milk fat globulable membrane, and they'll give it to people that are unwell. And they have found that it will reduce the cardiovascular disease risk, including lowering obviously the quote-unquote bad LDL cholesterol, but it also reduces triglycerides. This membrane that's missing in the butter has been shown in studies to reduce triglyceride levels. So then I was thinking, is that the reason? And again, I don't know enough, I'm still doing that research, but I just wonder... When we stop consuming cheese and when we stop consuming milk or all the other dairy products that have this MFGM and we're only consuming butter and high amounts and so therefore reducing the tallow, reducing the pork fat, and we stop eating pork belly because we could get the fat from butter are we starting to risk ourselves of having high triglycerides because it's not natural?
1: Right. Well, I'm not a big fan of always going back to like, what's ancestral, what's ancestral, right? Because we don't live in this ancestral world anymore. And so I get that. But in this example, I do think it's like, it's not normal or it wouldn't have been ancestral to eat this high of fat, or to not, or to eat, you know, that's where I always, that's my argument for liver. Like it just doesn't make sense ancestrally to eat that much liver every day. Um, and to eat high volumes of liver, there isn't that much liver on an animal that people would have to share. And I think that's where it comes down to with the butter as well. Like it just doesn't make sense to me unless you're using it as a temporary tool for very specific reasons and very specific healing. I just don't understand how it can be kept up with long-term. I'm glad people enjoy it. I would never enjoy that. I think I could eat my normal amount of food in the day and then three sticks of butter and never feel a difference in how full I am. Um, simply just, and I, and it would cause me a lot of digestive issues, but I think, you know, like you, like you were just mentioning, I think it, again, it comes back to, are we addressing the root issue and are we finding a maintainable lifestyle, uh, to keep us healthy versus are we band-aiding something with an extreme diet.
0: When I first started a carnivore practice, I would have all my clients do 80-20, but then still eat the protein macros that would be sufficient for a person. So that 0.8 grams of protein per one pound of ideal body weight. And most of my clients started gaining weight. And they're like, I'm healing, I'm sleeping, but I'm gaining weight. And, and so I would say, okay, just give it some time. Let's see if you can have more healing benefits before we start cutting the fat. And so I learned very early on that you can't do eighty percent fat unless you cut the protein so that you can then hit that macros. That's a normal amount of calories. Right. But if you try to eat protein at the amount that is adequate for a carnivore diet, and you try to eat that eighty percent fat, you're going to eat three to four thousand calories for a five foot two woman. And so that level of calories is probably like three thousand. Most women will gain weight, especially if they've been under eating, but I did see the benefits, but then they were gaining a lot of weight and they were wholly unhappy. And so the only way that you're going to be doing this 80% fat that people are doing nowadays and saying they're feeling better is that they're cutting the protein. Because again, a percentage just means a total uh, percentage of the amount of protein you're consuming. So if you're only eating 40 grams of protein, and then you add the 80% fat, you're still under eating. But if you want to eat a sufficient amount of protein and hit 80 grams or 80%, you're going to gain weight. And so it's that fine balance of, yes, when there's a period of time that my clients need to heal, we'll put them at 80% fat, knowing that maybe they're going to gain weight. So then we may lower the protein. But we never put someone on that long term unless they have either they're struggling with epilepsy or seizures or some medical reason that they need to eat that high fat because long term, it is nearly impossible to eat sufficient amount of protein and eat 80% fat and then have a um, a healthy body because long-term you'll gain weight from all the excess calories.
1: And I think it's been going on now. It's still relatively new. It just hasn't been going on long enough to start seeing repercussions from that. And maybe it's, right. maybe you know, I think we are coming up on the time where there's a lot of people that have been doing this for enough months that we're going to start seeing some of those things if people have been consistent doing it. My biggest fear is that, and what I see from people who come to locals or people who message me, or, you know, obviously we all have, this is the other part that I just need to point out and acknowledge about myself. We all have bias about things because people come to us and share with us very specific things, right? People come to me and tell me when they've tried this method and it's not working for them. People come to you as a client and they tell you like, their, you know what's what what they've tried before and why it didn't work for them and that's obviously why they're coming to you. People also right. come to me I get a uh, you know a ton of people talking to me about tummy tucks right now because I'm talking about tummy tucks, right? So when you're sharing something, your feedback loop is gonna be very biased. It's a very niche amount of stuff and so I do think that's I'm getting biased information because I'm not sharing that message then I get people messaging me sharing how it didn't work for them. It made them binge. If they fall off the wagon, they couldn't stick to it. And I'm just hearing so much feedback. Mind you, it's probably biased from people saying why and how it didn't work for them and they couldn't be consistent. So I'm curious when we get to the point where people have been doing this consistently enough, long enough, if there'll be repercussions. And I hope I'm wrong, but I'm I'm just curious because I know obviously I wasn't ever eating sticks of butter, but I was eating low protein at one point. And that's when my hair started falling out. And I don't, even though I'll be quoted on it, I don't remember exactly how many grams it was. Right. But it was low protein. And that was one of the contributing factors to that. And so I'm just waiting. Hopefully that it's people are finding healing and I'm wrong. I don't know. And and I hope they like it. That's the biggest thing. I tried to do this in the way that somebody else told me to for a very long time. And I was only able to keep that up as so long as that I was getting results. And then I lost the weight and went, okay, now I want to live a life that I enjoy again. And I couldn't find that balance. And I struggled and I gained a ton of weight. And it wasn't until I figured out how could I enjoy my life and do this in a way that was sustainable for me long-term that I was actually able to finally lose the weight and keep it off because I stopped worrying about what the rules were that somebody else or what the method was that somebody else was trying to tell me on how to be successful. I I didn't have a bias coming into
0: this. So it's not like people are messaging me on social media. I mean, there are a few, but I mean, I'm not on social media as much. So it was just my clients had high triglycerides and I asked them, what are you doing? And so when you eat insufficient amounts of protein, yes, your blood glucose is going to go down. Um, And then, yes, if you start adding carbs, your blood sugar is going to go down because your body utilizes and your liver absorbs the glucose that comes into your bloodstream. When you eat carnivore and there's no need for like the insulin to grab onto the glucose from the meats, your blood sugar is going to just be a little bit higher. And that is the new normal. And instead, people see this as an indicator of I need to change the way I'm eating. And I just find it so weird that some of the advocates of this really high fat butter thingy of eating 80 20 are advocates that have been around for years and years and it's like so you've been recommending this way of eating for years and years and obviously you're saying it works and it's beneficial why did you have to change your thing was it because it wasn't working and you didn't share that with people you know do you know what i'm saying like i have not changed the way i eat for years And if anything, I'm just challenging myself to see if I can eat other things now. But generally speaking, I don't count my macros. I don't do this and that. I just kind of go with how I feel because it's now become natural to my body. Right. And so if someone's been doing it for even longer than I have, but for them to have to find a new way of this way of eating, it doesn't make sense logically to me of why do you need to change the way you're eating if it's worked thus far or it hasn't been working thus far and you've been basically... Not telling the truth publicly. And these are the things that I just don't get it. Like, what is it about butter? Because there's nothing specific about butter that is so much more nutrient dense than tallow and pork fat, because there isn't. When you look at all the nutrients, eating a blend of all of them is ideal. But eating it at 80% fat, either you're going to gain weight, but you're probably not eating sufficient protein. And it is protein that makes the body have longevity. It is protein that is the building blocks of your body to that, then create everything inside your system. Fat is an energy source. And just like we don't want a ton of glucose long-term, we don't want a ton of fat if we're not even using it. And so that's the part that I'm super, super concerned about when people are just showing I eat sticks and sticks of butter because there's not a ton of nutrients in butter alone.
1: I'm genuinely curious, and I don't say this with any, I really am not saying this with skepticism. I'm genuinely curious if people are being having success, I would say specifically with weight loss, because the people that again, my chamber, whatever you want to call it, my <laughs> bias is that people reach out to me when it has to do with weight loss. I don't get people who typically have been that interact with me that have come from, you know, under-eating. And you get a lot of people that reach out to you with disordered eating backgrounds, right? Like that's just yes. we, that's what happens. So I get people who are coming to me from and um in my sphere with looking for weight loss i'm genuinely curious if people are having weight loss success now like recent people doing this method or doing this protocol or eating this way with that type of extreme for a, a more than i'm not saying you lost 20 pounds in a, in a month i'm saying you've been doing this for 6 months you know you've had or more you've had long-term positive results because you've been doing this method consistently. I just don't I don't maybe I'm not getting those messages. Those maybe those people aren't don't have accounts that I've seen. But I I mean I would love to know. I'm genuinely curious if people are seeing positive results from this type of method because that's what I don't think is known or is seen. Right. I certainly haven't seen it anywhere. And maybe you can't see that because that stuff doesn't go viral. So I'm just, I would love to be more supportive if I knew that there were people that were having positive results over um, a decent amount of time. I'm not talking like a month or two. I'm talking about like six months to a year and they've changed their lives and they're still healthy six months later by doing this method.
0: Yeah, I, don't, I mean, I don't think it's been around for six months. I think people even taking honestly, the iodine separately is going to make a big impact on their energy, they'll be able to sleep better. So I do think it's some of that. I mean, if people are doing just better without the iodine, then I'd be a little bit more curious. So I just challenge people, especially if people are doing this with hypothyroid, I cannot imagine like, are your hands really not that cold? You know, are your is your feet not that cold? Are you really not having hair loss? And It may take a little bit longer for that to occur, especially because they're taking the iodine now. But I just wonder, you know, I would love to hear people's stories of doing this six months and saying that they're really healing. Or is it just that they were eating lean protein from some of the same advocates, by the way? Yeah, Um, and and they were really malnourished. Right. And now they need that fat. But it's going to turn one day where it's going to be too much or that if they have any type of autoimmune and it's causing a reaction or that their triglycerides go up and they just don't feel well. I would love to be shown data where the opposite is true, that these sticks of butter is good for you. But if we just take a quick journey in history of wellness, I mean, the bulletproof coffee guy was recommending mounds and mounds of butter. You yeah. know What happened? People just said they were gaining weight. It wasn't good for their health. And then they stopped eating that way. So is this just another blip of an example of that?
1: And I'm, I mean, I'm sure we'll see things trend back. The protein sparing modified fast stuff still exists out there. You know, I think the new thing that's recently started is everybody's kind of going back to carbs. Um, and, you know, I wonder if people's are struggling with this super high fat butter thing. They're having digestive issues. My guess is if you've been eating really low protein, very high fat, having you're you're now having digestive issues. You might be having gallbladder issues and you're having uh, a hormone issues. My guess is you add a bunch, add some carbs in and you're probably going to instantly feel better. And I think right. that's also, we're going to see that continue to grow in popularity. I don't think, I don't care if people want to eat some carbs, you want to eat some healthy carbs. I mean, it's your, just, first of all, it's your decision. If you want to go eat a box of donuts every day. But I also think you can have a very healthy life. I have no interest in eating sweet potatoes and I have no interest in eating some greens and a few other types of healthy carbs. Um, But I certainly don't care about the rules of a carnivore diet and telling you that you shouldn't eat carbs if you can stay healthy, if you can moderate the amount and if you enjoy them. I think you should absolutely do those things. Be aware of what's triggering you or not. Like, I don't care what people do, but... I think that the thought that you need the carbs to be healthy is the message that I'm really just again kind of like sighing about. We went through this a few years ago. Again, when everybody <laughs> left and went and started eating fruit and all the other carbs and stuff um and saying that you need the carbs because of some whatever reason. Like it's very possible and I think people are seeing the result of this now where their A1C was getting higher. They're now including carbs. They've had a few markers that have improved and for them it might be a good balance they might be enjoying their life more as well and i fully support that um but to say that i personally am you know need to eat them is i don't know i have no interest i guess but i also don't think that like there could be other things that you can do from a health perspective to tweak things but if you want to have the carbs then go for it i mean it's it's kind of it's your decision i have no judgment or and i certainly don't care about the rules i more care about the messaging And people being afraid of something because of some of the messaging that's out there or thinking that they have to do something. If you're like me and having some sweet potatoes and a little bit of other carbs is going to trigger you to go off and eat a bunch of other things that are not good for you and kind of give you permission to eat a bunch of stuff that you shouldn't, Like I don't want that person feeling like they have to incorporate those carbs in order to be healthy. And that's the fear that I have.
0: So if we were to just go back a few months ago, I really think what happened was there was a big push for lean protein because it was around the summer, right? Everyone wants to get lean. If you eat lean protein, there was all these, like, I think we even talked about those ground beef bars where it's like super lean. There's like barely any fat on it. And so all these people are eating very... People got mad at us for that one, by the way. Yeah. Um... (laughs) Yeah. Well, now we're going to get in trouble again. But But, so everyone's eating all these lean things and people are like, it's great. Um, I love it. We can eat just chicken press all day long and we'll be lean. And so people were having all these lean days. And then all of a sudden, the ramifications of that is that now present day, people were having issues. The community became split where half of the community said, well, we still need to keep it carnivore. So then they said, well, let's go super high fat. And then the high fat is working for some people now because they were malnourished. And then the other camp is like, oh, that's what they mean by we need carbs. And so now they're eating the carbs and it's like, oh, I feel so much better. And really, it's because the origination of this issue is that everyone was eating lean protein when that is not a sustainable way of eating on a carnivore diet, I mean, having ribeyes is not a lean protein meal, and so they were eating like chicken breasts and tuna and all of these things that are so lean. But where are you going to get your energy from if most of our energy sources either through fat or through carbs? And so, n-
1: well, the leaner you eat too, the higher your glucose is going to yes. go. And you might have had people pushing their A1C too high and their glucose too high because they were not eating a balanced amount of fat either. They True. were going such lean you know, protein that their glucose was going up to a place that wasn't helpful or that was, you know, less than ideal.
0: Yeah, and I think that as these two camps now either go super high fat or start adding the carbs, eventually, I mean, there will be a small subset of the people that went either way that it'll work for them long-term and they'll just find this balance of, okay, maybe I don't need to eat as much fat and maybe they just dial it down to maybe um, half a stick of butter a day and they'll probably find that balance and that's great. And then in the carb space, I'm sure there's going to be some people that can eat like 50 grams of carbs of healthy carbs, and they feel great. And so they move on. The majority of people will not find it to stick. And then they're going to struggle again. And then these advocates are going to come out again and say, here's a new way to eat carnivore, a new dance, a a song. And it's just Kevin, my husband was reading a article or a book, and he told me that what makes it so difficult for these wellness people to just stay in the space and be popular all the time is they have to find a new dance all the time or they're going to get boring. They're not going to be fun anymore. So in order to stay relevant, they need to find something new. And the thing is with any diet, and as we've said all the time on this podcast is it's consistency. It's the ugly thing that you just need to do the same thing day in and day out. And over time, you will see how far you've come in X amount of years versus the new song and dance you do every couple months that doesn't work, works for like a day or a week, and then you have to go back to finding something new. And it's, I mean, the people that are listening, if you are tired of following the next big trend, it's stop following the next big trend. It's, I I open my Facebook to post and I see, a bunch of comments in World Carnivore Tribe, Women's Carnivore Tribe of Yeah. I started this new butter thing and I, I even saw some of those, like the cooked brown butter. And to me, I don't know how what temperature people are cooking it. But so if you look at heating temperatures, if you are cooking something very hot, you want to use tallow or lard instead of butter. I don't know what temperature they're cooking it, but if it becomes brown, it's likely a sign it's becoming oxidized. And I don't know if people are sharing these things, but it's just concerning because the truth normally is that you just find something that works. It's kind of boring. You do it consistently and the weight loss will come. The healing will come. And when we run onto these bandwagons of doing these extremes, like it is not normal to eat chicken breasts all day long. It is also not normal to eat sticks and sticks of butter or even if it was tallow, it's not that normal. Unless you're healing, unless you're on a protocol for a short bit, what are you going to do long-term? Are you really going to eat these yeah. sticks of butter long-term?
1: This this is why I guess like you and I talk about this a lot outside of this. Like we don't want to be drama. Like we don't want to bring up all this drama. <laughs> We've actually been talking about this for a few months and like we didn't even want to get into it. Right. Because I don't want to bring drama and like cause people to be mad at us. I'm trying to stay out of drama. Like I don't okay. need this in my life. But the reason why I think I'm getting so frustrated about it right now is that it's January and it's world carnivore month and like anything diet related, anything weight loss related, anything carnivore related is blowing up. And when I had a dental hygienist who knows nothing about any of this stuff and doesn't follow this stuff, say, wow, my YouTube feed right now is all thumbnails of people eating sticks of butter. I got so fired up. I called I like, we have to talk about this. Like I'm ta- like, Because this is the problem is that all of these people who are trying to do what's right and improve their health right now, this is the content that they're finding and they're getting led down this path that's unfortunately like giving this way of eating a bad name and it's just not going to help them heal and find health and happiness long-term. And unfortunately, like just be a normal person and like just eat. Normal amounts of a variety of meats and some meats and protein and fat, like that message doesn't go viral. Right. And so people like my dental hygienist are not going to see that message that's out there and they're not going to be able to find something that could drastically improve their health, right? I've been sharing a lot about Chris's necrotizing fasciitis journey. Uh, and if you don't follow me on Instagram, like he, he went into the hospital on Christmas Day when he was severely type 2 diabetic. And within a couple of days, like Literally 36 hours later, they told us you need to get everybody out here who's going to say goodbye to him to say goodbye. Like he's going to die. We don't know what's wrong with him. And I mean, the long story short is like he ended up having, you know, dozens of surgeries. He was at the hospital for weeks and weeks. We all thought he was going to die. And he had this flesh eating bacteria because his body was so unhealthy that it couldn't fight off these. um, It couldn't fight off like a, a mild infection that would not have affected most people. But my point is, People who are that sick and that unhealthy, right, are not going to change their lives and heal forever because the things about these viral things are are out there. And they're going to look at this way of eating and think that it's crazy and it's unhealthy and they're not actually going to be able to find something that could inevitably save their life, right? like my husband did. And this message of like, be normal, <laughs> won't get out there as much. And again, I do want to go back and say... All of these things the lion diet, meat salt, and water, super high fat with eighty percent fat and you're eating low protein proteins very modified fast you know all of these things might be helpful for a short period of time and they can be useful tools. but at the end of the day, if you're having to live in any of these extremes long term, you need to find the root cause yes. healing. And it is not sustainable for your health and for your lifestyle long-term to be living in any of those extremes. And so if people want to try it, to try it and then, but realize that it's not something to do long-term and see what happens temporarily, then do what you want to do. I don't care what you do. My fear though, is that between the liver King and now everybody eating a stick of butter, that this whole entire community is a joke. And then the whole, you know, like fruit stuff. And it, it's just, I get sad about the people who can't, who won't find healing and who won't believe what an amazingly healing lifestyle that this can be because they're just being inundated with a bunch of ridiculousness.
0: For me personally, I I used to try to combat all of those messages and I just realized there's no point because same I'm just going to get a, you know, banner of being a hater. And I used to do that for the, the introduction of fruit because I have clients that have colitis flares from adding fruits. And a lot of the people that are advocating for these extreme ways of eating, they don't work with anyone. And you can see who gets popularity. I mean, Lion king, I mean, Lion king, I was going to say Lion King. Lion King. <laughs> but he was a carnivore. <laughs> I know. Um, but the Liver King, I mean, he's like a larger than life type of person. And he was very popular. And it just shows. That's what will get the likes and the followings. And I know some people say, well, at least he brought some attention to us. But in all reality, he just made it kind of a joke. And, And he would say he eats mostly liver and protein. And then when you saw his diet, it wasn't. It was a lot of this powdered stuff that it has nothing
1: to do with an ancestrally consistent diet, which I don't, it was just the typical bro yes, diet, like yes. muscle building bro diet. And then obviously like, what was it? $12,000 worth of steroids every month. right That's the short version. If you don't know what we're talking about. Yeah.
0: And so, and then you have that, and then you have these mounds of butter. And, and if you just think about it, if people are eating that much butter and let's say they cheat, so they go off the plan and they start eating carbs. That is which so most, much- people okay. most
1: people will. Most people will. And not that I'm encouraging that, and I'm sorry I totally interrupted you, most people who are not doing this for a living... are not going to do this 100% of the time, all the time. Right. And that type of extreme mixed with some of that other stuff is going to give you a heart attack. Yes, yes. Versus how do we live something that's normal and balanced and then figure out how can I stop having cheats? How can I get back on track quicker? How can I give myself grace? How can I not live in these – Sorry, I totally – No, no. I, I agree with you. A huge –
0: But but that is what I'm concerned about, right? So it's just even with the carnivores that are adding 200 grams of fruits and honey, and it's like, oh, it's good for you. But if you're eating high fat with that, that is the definition of possibly it's too much energy for the body. And what 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 happens, you get fatty liver, you get fatty hearts. And, and it's just that risk when people are eating sticks of butter. And if they don't stay consistent, or they add too much protein or add a bunch of carbs, now they're risking metabolic disease when you give your body too much energy there is a risk one of the advocates for this butter stuff recommends a lot of fasting so if you think of it from a total caloric density they're eating less calories so maybe that's why they can do it for long term assuming they are doing it behind closed doors but all the women that are older that are like i can't fast but they're still going to eat sticks of butter daily they're taking in way more calorically dense foods than, say, some of these advocates. And that's where these nuances matter because a 50-year-old woman can try this way of eating, never fast, and eat like a surplus of calories compared to some of these other folks that are doing that one stick of butter but doing it every other day or every two days because the rest of the days they're fasting. That is a whole difference in terms of nutrition and calories.
1: Yeah, I think... I don't know. Again, you and I try to stay out of. (laughs) We're trying to stay out of this, but it just—I just think it's so important to make sure people realize that this. I mean, I just—I'm scared people are missing the message. That's my biggest point: is that like this is a, a lifestyle that has saved my life. You talk about how it has saved your life. The you know talk that you did with Kevin recently and on your YouTube channel was so powerful and moving of talking about like what Kevin went through and what that was like for all of you. And I think you know it has literally saved my husband's life. It has saved your life. It has, I would have, my mom and I even talked when she was here for Christmas, like a hundred percent, I would have been diabetic by now a thousand percent. Like, you know, my grandmother got diabetes when she was in her, um, fifties. My mom got it when she was in her forties, a hundred percent. By the time I was, you know, 35, I would have had full blown type two diabetes. Um, and there's no, there's just, it's what it is. And then I look at Penelope and I think, how old is she going to be when she gets type two diabetes? And I know that this has not only saved my life; it saved her life, it saved my husband, and so much. And I just want more people to hear that message. And I that I think that's why I just get so frustrated um, with with some of this stuff that's out there.
0: Yeah, and I think that's why for twenty twenty three, we're working on things to support the community rather than you know talk about. Other things that are not ideal. Obviously, we talk about it in this space, because it's just real talk. And we're just trying to provide support for people that are not wanting to do those things or unsure. I mean, one message I got recently is, can you talk about during your women's panel on ketocon? Can you talk about is it the lean protein we're supposed to be doing or the high fat? Like what is the way that we're supposed to be eating for optimal health? And for people to even have to ask me that when it seems like such a basic question, it's sad to me, right? They want me to bring that up in the panel and I'm sure we'll have to, but it does make me sad. And so the way that I'm trying to counter that now is that we build our own content and support for our community so that maybe our messaging will eventually get louder. But I mean, I, I also believe that if we try hard enough, we can people will see the benefits if they just stick to doing something consistently long term, and then realize that everything else is a lot of noise. And um, or it's just for a short term that those things work, but long term, it will not give you optimal health.
1: Yeah, 100%. That's what I'm just trying to like, All my content is just like, hey, reminder, it's okay to be normal. Like, it's okay (laughs) to keep it simple. It's okay to do things like and not follow the trends. Like, I don't know. I'm just trying really hard to say, like, it's okay to use spices if you can handle it. Like, again, if you can't handle spices long term, you likely have some root cause healing that needs to be done. So, like, it's, it's me just trying to say, like, it's okay to find some kind of what works for you and to be normal and to not feel like you have to live in one of these extremes forever because honestly if i had to do it i never would have kept it up ever and now it's been almost 5 years and i've been able to to have so much healing and and long-term health and success and my you know i'm healthy and and happy and i really enjoy cooking and i love eating meat and i love my life and i'm not struggling every day anymore and i want that for people right. and i hope that they find that in whatever they do i'm just scared they don't find it with one of these extremes yeah I uh,
0: agreed both you and I no matter where we are we can figure out what to eat and make it carnivore and if you are required to do whether it's waking up with the sun or waking uh, or doing a cold plunge or having to eat a stick of butter what if you're in an area that, that literally has no butter and we didn't even talk about yeah. the qualities of butter but if you're eating just pasteurized butter even if it's grass-fed there are stuff in it that's not necessarily ideal too so if that's the main part of your fat. I mean, I know it's better than seed oils, but it's just think about the amount of fat you're eating. And if it's not raw and if it's not the natural source, um, but it's pasteurized and they have lots of things that are become mutated in this pasteurization process. If that's the majority of your calories, like what are you doing in your body long term? And then if you're reducing your protein, you're not having the nutrition for building blocks.
1: Yeah. And if you don't enjoy eating a stick of butter, you don't have to do that, right? I'm not going to do that. I want to chew food. I don't want to. Eat a raw stick of butter. i I mean a lot of people really love that and I'm I'm very happy for them. And if you do, hopefully it's working for you. But but you don't have to force yourself to do that. And I think that's the part that like just skeezes me out of like, you're telling me I have to do that. It's the same thing with like about I love butter, but I'm not gonna sit there and eat a raw stick of butter. Mm-hmm. And I I'm not ever gonna eat raw liver. I'm not even gonna eat cooked liver and all those types of things. And so if if you told me I had to do those things in order to stay healthy and to do this, like. I'm just not that strong of a person, I guess. Maybe it's my fault, but like, I can't do that. And I I don't want other people to give up because that they think that they have to do it too. Yeah,
0: I think the biggest question would always be why? Like, why do I have to eat that stick of butter? I mean, ever since I've been seeing these abnormal markers in my clients, I actually eat less butter now, to be wholly honest. I'll use some lard more because now I'm wondering about that milk fat globule me- membrane that's lacking. And the only dairy it's lacking in is in butter. So I just wonder, mm. am I doing my intestines a disservice because now I'm eating something that doesn't have that globul- globulin? I think people should ask why. Like, Why is it butter compared to any other fat? Is it a gimmick? What is it about butter? And if it's also that yeah. tallow is okay and pork fat, why aren't they advertising that? Because those are natural animal fats. Milk is churned and it's processed. So it's it's just something to think about. I, I always say always get to why, like, why is this person sharing this? Is it a, is it a popularity thing? Is it just the next big trend? Or is it because it's changed their life? I think that's something truly to consider because if you have 50, 60 more years in your life, can you eat a stick of butter or two sticks of butter every single day and feel like you can thrive?
1: All right, guys, we will try to think of some more (laughs) topics coming up soon. Uh, And let us know if there's things you want us to talk about Hopefully, yeah, maybe it's how carnivore is so powerful and
0: we don't even need to create this podcast anymore because it's so super easy peasy.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Oh, hey, so we did announce last week that we are doing our 100th episode. So if you made it this far to the end, you're probably a fan. So thank you for supporting us. And if you want to participate in our 100th episode recording, uh, and ask us questions and do a zoom and a live chat. And we're going to record it for our hundredth episode. Then, uh, we will put in the show notes of this. And then also on both of our social medias is the link. You can come sign up. It's going to be five bucks and you can hang out with us while we record, uh, this episode for our 100th episode, which is coming up soon. So we are recording that on February 3rd. Uh, so depending on when you listen to this, you can get your tickets in the show notes and come hang out with us to celebrate, 100 episodes of Cutting Against the Grain. Can you believe that? I know, it's, cr- it's crazy. It's been a
0: hundred episodes. It, it went by really yeah. fast. But it'll be fun to celebrate with you all and you can ask us your questions and we'll get to them. Cool. Thanks guys. Okay, we'll talk to you guys later. Thanks for tuning in to the Cutting Against the Grain podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please make sure to share and leave us a review and leave any comments and questions on Apple Podcasts. We will read and answer your questions and comments on an upcoming podcast episode. This also helps us to share our real talk with more community members. You can also find me on my other podcast, Nutrition with Judy, on all podcast channels. You can also follow my content on Nutrition with Judy's Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter. You can find Carnivore Cure in paperback, ebook, and audio on Amazon. I also have a blog post and weekly newsletter with nutrition and wellness updates. You can sign up at nutritionwithjudy.com. You can find Laura on Instagram at Laura Eastbath. You can follow along on her daily stories and see some of her funny skits. You can also find Laura on her YouTube channel where she shares tips on living a meat-based lifestyle. If you're wondering how much meat to eat in a day, week, or month, Laura has you covered. She also shares how to make a perfect sear on a steak and how extended fasting looks like in real life. You can find her YouTube channel by searching Laura Spath. Thanks again for listening to the Cutting Against the Grain podcast. And remember, make sure to cut against the grain.